Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. I saw Mikey kissing Mrs. Claus Underneath the mistletoe last night She didn't see him go Out the window to the snow He bailed again like goats of Christmas Passed from long ago And Paige and Todd are gone just like chestnuts on your open fire So here's the friends you know Romancing in the pod show Mikey kissing Mrs. Claus last night Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch... A, a castle, castle for, for Christmas. Christmas. So was this the first time either of you had seen it before? Because it technically came out last year. It was my first time. It was my first time. It was my first time as well. It was Natalie's fifth. She really enjoys this movie. And I would say I really enjoyed it as well when I watched it. It's like watching a high budget Hallmark movie. But we get the added benefit of the actor who plays like the romantic love interest for Brooke Shields is straight. So there's like <laughs> chemistry there. Yeah, kind of. They did kiss at one point they have no, sex they in this movie Mikey sex like 25 minutes before the end of the movie I was like Paige yeah. is gonna be so happy they have an adult relationship <laughs> I'm so happy yeah I don't know if I was in a good emotional space when I watched this film <laughs> clearly not because like here's the thing is this movie good no I didn't hate it it hypnotized me in a way where like okay she arrives at the castle and the movie's over I was like what happened which I again Mikey I do not understand because this movie had an actual plot that it I does. was able to follow mm -hmm. and they have actual chemistry and they do the exact thing that I criticized Falling for Christmas about where they spend time building the relationship between them in a real way yeah. and while this movie is not great it is not bad like for what it is it's kind of good. I didn't hate it I'm just saying I've been on sort of a hectic schedule the last three or four days Yeah, and I watched it after we recorded last night because <laughs> I had to be up at five to work and then I was like okay that's a movie and it was pretty okay i would say under those circumstances that's a pretty high review from you yeah yeah, yeah they sure. had a christmas ball and it was like i put it on par with all the other netflix christmas movies and i like that netflix has taken what hallmark does and they've tweaked it a bit they've taken it to another level i think they throw a tad bit more money yes. yes and then they they make sure there's a little bit more plot not a lot a little bit more plot 
Probably about a million, million point five more plot, I would assume, <laughs> yeah, if we're talking plot, it seems like, a.k.a. Yeah, budgets. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then, like, they're like, let's get people people know and then, like, make sure they have some sort of chemistry. Like, the bar is set low for, like, low-stress Christmas movies. And I do consider this a low-stress Christmas movie. It definitely is a low-stress Christmas movie. Yes. Yeah. And I liked that. I was in a good spot to zone out and like feel Christmassy vibes from it. When I've said this before when we review these types of films where I was like, I like shut down like I'm staring at like Hypnotoad. Yeah, I mean, I would put this more towards the realm of holiday than Falling for Christmas. Yeah, I think absolutely. Falling for Christmas is still a hot mess. And holiday is still the best. Let's talk about this. This is further towards holiday than it is falling for Christmas. I do feel like we need to make a distinction between yeah, okay. these two types of movies, Mikey. So please, yes. I don't think this is close to holiday. I think falling for Christmas is terrible. Yes. But like in the best way, I loved falling yes, for Christmas. It's also Fuck you guys. good. All of them are good. Ted is amazing. S tier Netflix Christmas movies. Night Before Christmas, Holiday. A, B tier, Castle for Christmas. I See, I would put this on the same level as Night Before Christmas. Now, granted, Night Before Christmas is more bonkers, and that makes it more fun. I can't put this at Night Before Christmas. This exists in the same universe as the Princess Switch, by the way. Does it? I found out in Fun Facts. I'll tell you how I knew later. Interesting. We haven't done the Princess Switch, so I have no idea what happens in that movie. We have not. That's why I was very, very confused about something and then googled it and then found out that that's why it was in this film but yeah i definitely would place this well above like your hallmark movies and probably below holiday i do feel like holiday is like i could see that in theaters yeah like i said closer to that but it's because it's falling for christmas for me was the same level as hallmark it was not better it was no more expensive but it was not better exactly more of a budget better acting because of it maybe a little bit better script because of it but not a lot more yeah but this this is like a full movie like it's not a great movie but it's a movie it's not just a hallmark movie you know although it is a hallmark movie by the way this was made by hallmark oh was it just with a lot more money yeah I do love that our review for this so far has been like a castle for Christmas. It's a movie. At Christmas. <laughs> At Christmas. <laughs> it is. I really enjoyed seeing this Scottish countryside because I don't know if you remember this, Mikey. Uh, I went I know there and Tell us it, about was it was lovely. Natalie and I actually stayed in a castle in Inverness. It was a magical few evenings. Yeah, you went to the stones, you transported back in time. <laughs> barely survived Culloden (laughs) barely I do think that this was a movie written by Americans about what they think happens in Scotland and that's very funny to me too well that's just like Hallmark movies where it's movies written by Americans who think they know what happens in rural America Mm. they also wrote a movie about a snowstorm in Memphis which is I remember. <laughs> Maybe a natural disaster where millions of people would die. But that fucking snowstorm in Memphis. <sighs> well, you know what happens here in Nashville when there's a snowstorm? Yeah. It's insane. You can't get bread, milk, or toilet paper in the grocery <laughs> yeah. store. There's no love story during that 24 hours. Your weatherman is literally yelling at you to get to safety, and you're like, it's snowing. What are we talking about? But then you go for a drive, and like 90 people are dead and crashing oh, yeah. all around you because no one can drive in the snow here. Either way, Scotland amazing everyone should go i love it mikey that song they sing about loch loman i've been there oh, i went to Christ. castle urquhart i'm having a hard time 
relating to middle-aged millionaires trying to find love. He's not a millionaire. That's the problem. I actually sort of loved Carrie Ellis's character. But she is. Because his granddad and his dad squandered all their money. So he's just like a middle-class dude trying to make good for that small town. Well, and trying to, like, be carbon neutral, which they only talk about a couple times in the movie. Yeah. But that he's, like, an environmental engineer and he's actually trying to, like, use new technology to make money for the town yeah they have like a wind farm they plant yeah. two trees anytime they take out one like i was like i like this dude and it's like based in reality within the script which i appreciated and that's not normally something we get with these types of movies yeah that's true there's no there's no christmas magic really in this movie no unless you consider falling in love and boning you know, in a castle, magic. I mean... Okay, let's talk about her book series. So he, she meets the main love in the first... So it's 20 books about just her and this one dude? 10. It's 10 books. That's boring. I thought it was 12 books over 20 years, but either way, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, that, that could but, be, yeah, But yeah. your point is still valid. Tw 10, 12, 3, 5 books with the same love interest? Without any other... Like, they're not vampires or werewolves <laughs> or vampire werewolves. Or, like, billionaire sex pests. Yeah, 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 like... I mean, it is, and I don't know if this is what they were basing this movie on, it is Outlander. Like, Oh, is it? Does he die? No, well, not yet. Probably in the next couple books. Uh, but like, there's like eight or nine Outlander books. But you know, I know in my bones, if Diana Gabaldon ever kills Jamie, people will riot in the streets. Like, it'll be crazy. But that's very much who I thought they were kind of spoofing a that little bit. That actually sort of makes sense, Paige. I think this movie would have been better if he would have been mad that she killed him off and killed tied her up in the castle and broke her legs oh, just like misery <laughs> it's like and a made her Christmas write a new book misery <laughs> hell yeah mikey yeah i got strong we're kind of winking and nodding at outlander vibes through a lot of the beginning of this but it's also a little bit it reminded me of like romancing the stone because we again we have a romance novelist as your main character which i do think is fun i like that too there's one with channing tatum and sandra bullock that we didn't do we need came to watch Recently, that. We, we I honestly it. wanted to see it in theaters, but I just didn't have time. Oh, it's on Peacock for free now. What's Fuck it called? Yes. I watched it. It's good. Let's save it for summer. It's The Lost City. I looked it up. Lost City. You're right, Mikey. It is definitely like a summer romance kind of thing. So I think we'll save it for that. But I just remember that being sort of a similar premise. So I, And I like it in mm -hmm. this, too. Well, this yeah. movie was okay, too. It's like a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, for me, this is the level of Hallmark movie I think I could tolerate yeah. and watch more than one of, if that makes sense. Like, like, Falling for Christmas is so annoying to me because it's so bland and there's no chemistry. It's sort of aggressively so. Like, it's aggressively bland, yes. aggressively no chemistry. I mean, we heard reports that they didn't even kiss at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. In some ways, it's so aggressively conservative, it, it bothers me. But this, I'm like, okay, these are real grownups, real feelings. We spend enough time with them for them to have real chemistry. They do kiss. 
They do bone it down. Like, I'm yeah. here for this. I I could live with this. This is my level of tolerability for Christmas rom-coms. I also think it has, like, way more realistic morality than most, uh, like, Hallmark yeah. movies and stuff. I, I did like it. It just, I think it has the same issue that all of these movies have, where it's like, we don't have to go a two full hours, you know? No, you could absolutely cut 20 minutes out of this movie. All of these movies need to be an hour and a half, and I think they would work a lot This better. movie is an hour, an hour and 38, and 38 minutes long. Minutes, yes. <laughs> yeah, this movie is only an hour and a half. You could, but, and I, I mean this, you could still cut 20 minutes out of it. I was going to say, I was like, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I just think you're overestimating how long it took to finish this movie. Well, it would be two hours on the regular Hallmark Network. Well, and it also sort of felt two hours because the pacing's not wonderful, you know? Yeah, the pacing is not great. It's because a lot of scenes are just like, let's have a full conversation that's like not super important. And it's hard to purse out when they become important. I don't know. There was mo it was mostly important in this one. The one thing I would cut out, and I don't know why this weird side thing was in there, was her styling people's hair. That made no sense to me. Oh, yeah, because she lived above a barber shop. Like, yeah, that doesn't make you a cosmetologist. That's like when Sarah Palin said she knows about Russian foreign policy because she lived in Alaska. Like, that's insane. And when I lived in Hollywood, I lived on the same block as the Seventh Veil. It doesn't mean that I drop it low and grab dollars with my ass cheeks. I don't have those skills. Like, what are we doing? I don't have the flexibility for that. Yeah, uh, my back hurts, okay? Uh, like, so that made no sense to me. So that, for me, would be the first thing to go. I do love her knitting group, though. The knitting group's pretty good. Uh, but you can keep the knitting group. I would keep the knitting group. I believe in the healing power of fiber arts. Like, I... <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I think there you could trim montages would be a huge because there's a few different montages in this movie. Montages are like literally half of all these movies. Christmas montages. Yeah, but there is one particularly like the day before Christmas where they've like had sex and it's like the next day and they're kind of like afterglowing that morning before they get into the most unnecessary fight in a movie ever. That <laughs> montage goes on for like five minutes and it's literally them just dancing or out in the snow and whatever and it is unnecessary like that's one that could go like i do love that fight though Paige, because it is essentially like the exact ending of the movie except positioned in a way that is like negative yeah but that ultimately is exactly how this movie ends and everyone's happy about a hundred percent and 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 maybe this is just me being like but I, I know this is not a, an argument that's coming from a logical place like I know this is an emotional argument where he's feeling inadequate and that's why this is happening and it's yeah. ridiculous uh, but there's a part of me that's almost like okay but if you guys ever got married you'd own the castle again right <laughs> so so like I don't oh, understand she made him sign a prenup about the castle sure good good for them they're gonna die before they ever have to deal with it it's fine I mean they are quite old they're they're oldish but I also like that that kind of removes moved the like single dad trope is not really there it's, no, it's literally just two people who aren't cheating on their significant others because they're completely out of the picture just falling in love and i kind of loved that yeah it's boring <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't boring this was way less boring than falling for christmas why did he not like gaslight her by pretending to be 
someone else online and then destroying her family business and then watching her cry after her family business closed and then being like, I'm going to take this information and manipulate her online to fall in love with me later. Because this wasn't a big budget Hollywood rom-com, Mikey. <laughs> Starring Tom <laughs> Hanks and Meg Ryan. Right. I get so many arguments about that episode. Really? This is the Dread Pirate Roberts and Brooke Shields. Get it right. <laughs> People love You've Got Mail. And I'm like, it is toxic. It's terrible. It's funny to me that so many people have come up to you saying they like it because I've only heard people being like, thank you for taking that movie down a peg. That and a lot of people sided with me on It's a Wonderful Life. So that's pretty fun. That episode has not dropped yet. We don't know the final it truth on not. that one. Mm -hmm. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens when the truth gets out. I mean, there's a massive like group thread right now about people hating it. I know. I saw on the Facebook group. It is pretty funny. Well, I can't believe people online would start a thread after no reason about something they hate. Totally not on brand for internet people. Well, they also hated City of Angels, so get ready get ready for that. City Angels is bonkers as fuck, and that's why we're doing it. <laughs> I, I can respect that. On that thread, I was like, everything you guys are saying only makes me want to do it more. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it sounds insane. Well, I was like, uh, the more I read it, the more I was like, oh, this is nuts. Okay, great. Close your eyes. Picture Meg Ryan doing open heart surgery. Okay. We're in the OR, and Nick Cage, as an angel, invisibly just watches her. Love it. Is fascinated about, I think he kills the person she's operating on. Wait, what? I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> he take, I think he takes him to heaven or something, but he really loves the way she cares. I don't know. It's, so it's like an angel meet cute. He was showing up to take that person on the operating room to heaven, but fell in love with the surgeon who had his hands on his heart. I know he watches her have surgery, and he's like, oh, my God. She's so hot. Can we just watch Face Off instead? <laughs> Face Off runs because City of Angel crawls. Okay. <laughs> Face Off, the movie that came out, I think, before that. <laughs> Pretty sure. Who's to know for sure? The internet. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> Face Off, 1997. City of Angels came out 1998. Oh! They were in production at the same time. <laughs> Doubt it. I bet he went from face-off to City of Angels <laughs> and still played Caster Troy through the entire City oh, of Angels shoot. Oh, my God. I cannot. It is so bonkers. Love it. So do you guys want to go through the movie scene by scene? Yes. Let's get into it. We open on a skyline from New York where we meet Brooke Shields, who is a romance novelist who's about to go on the Drew Barrymore show. I love that it is just called the Drew Barrymore show and it is Drew Barrymore. It's, it's a, a real, real show. show. I'm sorry. Did not realize that was a real show. Wow. She took okay. over Ellen's show. No shit. No, Ellen's still around kind of, isn't she? I don't think so. I think Ellen got fired from Ellen. It's a better show. Drew Barrymore's got a better show than Ellen had. It's different. Uh, she had she had Sam Hewen from Outlander on to eat bagels one time. Her segments need work, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it sounds like her segments are being produced by a carb-loading shoulder fetishist. And honestly, I'm surprised <laughs> you're not more here for it. It's really just an AI algorithm that's like, today you will. Women like carbs and shoulders, <laughs> so we're going to give it to them. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that I took an extra, extra job and I haven't been sleeping at all for the last year, but shh. <laughs> I didn't. I don't work for the Drew Barrymore show. The final episode of The Ellen Show aired on May 26th of this year. It is no longer in production. Okay. Good. 
So the Drew Barrymore show has been on for almost two years now. I think they came on back to back, maybe. That could be. And, and <coughs> Drew started during pandemic and they they would literally do it screen to screen. It was real crazy for a while. And so now that people are like actually there, it's better. But for a while it was bonkers. Daytime TV is not my biggest thing, but I could totally see Paige being an executive yeah. producer for a daytime TV show. I think she should be the host. Uh, I oh. would love if Ellen just became Paige and it was like Paige doing the Ellen show but it would start at 10 a.m. and I would just be like no put more cheese on that I'm not ready to talk to people I'm still tired I think if they backed up the truck of money you'd be awake and enthusiastic mm -hmm. oh I'd pay someone to, to be like you go to sleep now you wake up now anyway yeah so the Drew Barrymore show and uh she's Brooke Shields is backstage talking with her agent and she's like, they are going to hate me. I'm so tired of, of all the hate. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to do anything. And we kind of cut back it, like outside and inside where there's like an angry mob who's mad about the end of her book because she killed a character. They're like picketing out front of the Drew Barrymore show because of Brooke Shields character choice. Like these are people who need better hobbies. Yes. I'm telling you, I am telling you that now, now, granted, I think Outlander will get to a place where they will be old and die and it will, you know, and it will kind of wrap up or whatever. Yeah, it'll take the notebook approach where it's a murder suicide. Yeah, yeah he'll kill her and himself. Yeah, I the, my personal theory is that he is going to turn out to be the ghost from the first. one. He definitely is. They foreshadow the hell out of that. Yeah, I mean, he is. We just don't know how it happens. Not that I've ever read any of those books or watched the, the show religiously. And I love it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so like, but if she had just like middle of it, like you know, the most recent book or whatever just killed him off without telling anybody, like warning anybody, riots in the streets. And I get it. Fandom is toxic. A thing. And oh, uh, it is a thing. Yes, it is yeah. a thing. And I have some issues with the way Star Wars went with those movies. And and Lord of the Rings. I had a very long conversation with somebody the other day about how the more, more recent Star Wars movies ruined all Star Wars properties subsequently for me where I haven't enjoyed yeah. anything since. Watch Andor, man. Andor's really good. It's not a Star Wars show that's the good thing about it i don't care i'm just done with the world oh that's fine yeah that's what the ending of game of thrones did to me yes yeah, like if yeah. you watch dance with dragons and i'm like just just haven't been just haven't wanted to uh, yeah i'm like i'm i'm gonna invest in other things or whatever but yeah anyway you know there'd be people i mean think about how upset people were when they killed iron man i'm sorry iron man's dead oh my god todd <sighs> no that movie's been out for like five years my reaction to that revelation should let you know I don't care because because the information's been out for five years and I'm just now hearing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. There's been a, well, and a bunch of the movies since have had to kind of deal with like, what do we do now that there's no Avengers and everyone's back after the snap? And so there's like real world implications of it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I loved Avengers Endgame. That's the one where Iron Man dies. Yeah, I remember that now. But like, I don't <laughs> care about any of them post that. So like, I even am starting to forget stuff I've already seen. Well, that's that's the thing they killed off i mean captain america and iron man they're done so the other movies it's hard to have the emotional stakes yeah i also sort of find superhero films like they're great action films and i dig them for that but like there's no real substance or stakes in them because of course they're always gonna win and whatever like no one's gonna die that you care about it's like that sort of thing so whatever except for when iron man died <laughs> Well, yeah, but they built that up for like five And the Captain America kind of mm -hmm. died, sort of, yeah. He, he went back to get that dance, guys. I know, and it, I still cry when I think about it sometimes. Yeah, um, anyway. But that's very much like Brooke Shields on the Drew Barrymore show. Yes. 
So people are mad. Uh, she starts talking about it on the Drew Barrymore show. And Drew Barrymore, instead of doing the talk show host thing of being like, well, I'm sorry, people are mad, but you can buy the book on Bookstand, you know, and just like shilling it. Drew Barrymore is just like, you killed the man I love, which is a crazy <laughs> thing to say. Well, I mean, Drew Barrymore sounds like she just walked off the picket line out front of her own studio and is now attacking the yes. writer of the book who she described as a friend. Okay. But if I had my own daytime talk show and like I had what's his face from Star Wars, George Lucas, not George Lucas. Ryan Johnson. Ryan but Ryan Johnson. Johnson also did other good movies. So like well, I know he did. Him and the dude from the dude from the first one and the third one with the glasses. He makes all the yes. shows. JJ Abrams. JJ yeah. Abrams. Bad robot. I'd be like, why did y'all ruin this? How could you do this without a plan? Here's the thing though, and this is spoiler alert behind the scenes of daytime and nighttime TV. They specifically give you things you cannot say yeah. to those people. And they have a thing that's like, if you say this, I will never come on the show again. I'd burn them. I'd burn them for that. <laughs> so you wanted to make new Star Wars without a plan. Tell me the thought process. I, I think there was a plan, and I think it got deviated from, but whatever. Oh, sure. I, I don't know. I think ultimately that's Disney's fault. Like, yeah. Disney should never have greenlit anyone making three wildly different movies that were supposed to be a cohesive trilogy. Like, that is, from an executive level decision... A terrible decision. Except that it's worked multiple times over on Marvel. So, like, I kind of get why they did that because they had a precedent for it working, but like. Well, Marvel controls a lot more of that. Yes, of the overarching story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Drew Barrymore also is like, is it because you're going through a messy divorce and you're like, this is your real life? And I honestly. I'm going to side with Brooke Shields on this one. Well, yeah, because Drew Barrymore is kind of being mean. <laughs> Not just that. She's the author. She can do whatever the fuck she wants with her characters. She's the author. People don't have to like it. Absolutely. But she can do it. Like, she made them. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. I think it's different when you're coming into a property that you didn't, you know, originate and has a fandom and, you know, people really like it. I think it gets murkier. But mm -hmm. if it's just your thing that you wrote, do whatever the fuck you want, bitch. Yeah. Like, that's that's yours. <laughs> like, congrats. Do it. I understand people being upset, but then write your own book. Right. I mean, you could le legit just write a hornier fanfic version and get, like, multi-picture deals. So, like, have at it. <laughs> just ask Fifty Shades and 365, right? Well, and Twilight, right? Because... Those are all variations of Twilight, right? They're all variations of Twilight. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she kind of goes off on the show and is just like, I could have killed him a bunch of different ways. Although I do think it is pretty clear that it was based on her ex-husband. Oh, yeah. I got that vibe, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where she's just like, I could have poisoned him. I could have done all these things. And I was just like, you tell him, Brooke Shields. You do it. <laughs> could have fed him to sharks. Like, oof. She thought some of this out a little too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we cut to her apartment later that night where she's with her adult daughter, which can I just say that I did appreciate that she had grown children that could just kind of be friends to her and show up when necessary and not be a weird plot point. I was kind of happy about I that. I thought it was cool. Yes. Yeah, like the daughter's in like two scenes in the whole movie. I mean, I guess you yeah. see her on FaceTime more than that. But like she's only right. in person for two scenes. Yeah. And she basically just brings up to her. She's like, you kind of I thought you became a writer because of grandpa. Yeah. And all the stories he used to tell us about, you know, Scotland and, and how our dad grew up in Scotland, all this stuff and how he, you know, 
snuck into the castle and carved his name in. Yeah. And it's this story that it's kind of like he was kind of a rabble rouser, but also a storyteller. And that's kind of her connection to writing. And so her daughter, who's like in college, is like, I could come back next weekend. I know the divorce is it's kind of tough. And she's like, stay at school. I'm an adult. I can handle my stuff. Yeah. I'm going to figure out something to do for some self-care so that I can kind of chill out. Right. Yeah. So she decides via weird voiceover uh, that she is going to go to Scotland. It was like thoughts that you would normally just have in your head. And I understand why they have to do it on VO, but it is super silly. While she's like throwing popcorn at like framed photos of the titles of her books. Yeah. And she's like, it's a working trip, which honestly, yes, bitch, get that tax write off. Hell Um, yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to go write the new book until the bad press dies down away from Everyone who could pester me about it in a change of scenery. Love it. Yeah. And Scotland's beautiful. I would love to go spend a summer in Scotland and I wouldn't write a book, but yeah, it'd be awesome. (laughs) Please send me to Scotland to write books. Like just. I'll do it too. I'll write a book. It'll be science fiction. That's fine, Mikey. Go write a science fiction book in Scotland. Like I'm going to write some weird trashy kilt porn shit, but like, you know, whatever. Terrible Mary Shelley-esque ask. Okay. Once we start doing the podcast full time, uh-huh. let's all find a castle in Scotland where we hold up together and write three individual books and then come together and review them. <sighs> three hosts enter, one host leave. Nothing will get done. No books will be written, but we will watch Demolition Man more than once. Like that's <laughs> My book is actually entitled Demolition Man, One Man's Retrospective. And we just talk. It's all about how it impacted my life and love of Taco Bell and seashells. Yeah, it did kind of like foreshadow what's going on in current events. You know, the proliferation of Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, you have the undesirables living below us. I mean, we don't need to get into it. As a landowner, Mikey feels like he should. (laughs) But basically, us is a ripoff of Demolition Man. <laughs> it's supposed to be a kind of a nod to Chud, is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Which we haven't done on the Horror Virgin. We have not done Chud on Horror Virgin. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's it is famous. It's a it's a cult classic uh, about people who live underground. It's like a whole thing. Okay, right. cannibal homeless underdwellers. Wow, how have we not done that? That's like your wheelhouse. <laughs> well, and it is. So in the beginning of us, there's a VHS copy of it. Like okay. specific, like it's a specific call out. In oh, us. cool. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so she flies to Scotland. She meets this taxi driver, which appears to be the only taxi driver in Scotland. I love that because he is at Edinburgh Airport, which is like huge. And he does seem to be the only person who can pick you up from there. Right. Well, and and what I wondered was like, because he seems to be around the town where she goes. And so I'm like, is he from there? And she like hired him ahead of time to pick her up and take her back there. Like, is that what happened? I don't know. That's very, it's a wonderful life where there's like one taxi driver in town. Yeah. I mean, I wondered if like maybe the, maybe he works with the inn. And the inn sends him to get people. That could be. Yeah. I mean, that whole town is like 135 people or whatever it says on the sign. 1,500 people. Oh, is it 1,500? I must have missed one of the digits. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's not a very big town. Not a very big town. Uh, But so he does take her and it is incredibly cute. It's definitely a set. But also I have been to cities in Europe that look like this. Very excited to see more of them next week. Super stoked. Yeah, because you're going you're going to be in Germany when this drops, right? Yeah. 
Yes, Germany or yeah. Switzerland, depending on where we are at at that point. But yeah. Nice. So she pulls up to the inn where Carrie Elvis is a maintenance man, which at first does not make sense. But later when you find out secret things about him, it does make sense. And his dog Hamish almost knocks her over and she like falls into his arms and his accent is bonkers. Like it is <laughs> crazy. I'm not going to say it's not Scottish because it's Scott-ish. It's Scott adjacent. It's Scott adjacent. <laughs> like Ireland. I mean, Ireland technically would be adjacent to Scotland. I don't think the accent's very similar. I will say that like I was here for it. I did not care. I wasn't like, that sounds more Highlands than Lowlands or whatever. I was just like, yes, I love that everyone's talking this way. <laughs> Let's keep this going as long as possible. I, I Nobody else, is, I mean, there's a myriad of other accents that are questionable. Some of them bother me more than others. But after a while, you just kind of get used to it. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. This is what it's going to be. I sort of assumed that everyone else was just doing their own accent. Like, that's just how they talk. That's and just then, how they talk. Yeah, Carrie Elwes yeah. is just doing this bonkers quote-unquote Scottish thing that I was here for. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I landed, too. Because it's like everyone is living modern day, but he went to preparatory school in 1850. Like, that's what it feels like. Mm. It's kind of like on, well, neither of you guys watch What We Do in the Shadows. I do. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Whenever Matt Berry says New York City, it makes me laugh uncontrollably because <laughs> he does York a different city. Yeah. In my in New York City. <laughs> like every time. <laughs> but I feel like that's a little bit of what Carrie Elwes is doing here, but it's just like Edinburgh. Like <laughs> anyway. Which actor do you think had the best work done on them? You mean like plastic surgery? Uh-huh. Brooke Shields mm. or Carrie Ellis? Look, oh, it's, uh. Uh, I would say his, his looks pretty natural. I was going to say that. Yeah. I think he looks older than she does, but I think his looks very natural. I think the, the real problem was that they did not have a great makeup budget on this movie, I think. And it's shot it's shot in digital and I think high def. It definitely is shot in high def. Yeah, that becomes a problem when you're dealing with makeup if you have anyone who has wrinkles, which, by the way, is everyone, like literally everyone on Earth. Even yeah. if you have some Botox done, there's going to be some wrinkles here or there. And it can really, really show if you're not careful. But at the same time, I think they're trying to just like keep it moving fast and not spend a million hours airbrushing people and whatever. And so I think for her, it really shows up. I don't think she necessarily looks better or worse than him. I think she looks her age and that's fine and that's appropriate. Me too. I sort of like that they don't shy away from the fact that she has adult no. kids. Like they are that age. Like yeah. they are not in their late 30s trying to figure out their second chance at love or whatever. Like they are... 50 yeah. 55 you know like which yes. I that's great good for you guys I think that's awesome I think the reason he looks a little it's a little less stark with him is because he's wearing less makeup than her and I think for her they've got her in full makeup bronzed whole nine and it's settling into the wrinkles and that's what you're seeing so like yeah. you know I bet with no makeup they probably look about as good as each other you know or whatever. yeah like the morning after that we don't see when they have sex I bet they, I bet he looked a mess and she looked fantastic right I'm sure anyway I prefer people with a natural look you know a natural look honestly I don't think she looks that unnatural to be honest with you I, I'm sure she's had honestly I'm, I'm not even talking about her I think Carrie Ellis looks a bit unnatural to me he's a little <laughs> It's a little too rounded. I don't know. It, it's. I don't 
don't know. I think he just looks like an older version of himself. I get like, here's the thing. I would assume both of them have had either Botox, fa- facelift, something. Yeah. But whatever they've had, it's not noticeable enough to pinpoint what it was. Does that make sense? Because it still looks like Brooke Shields the way she always looks. And it still pretty much looks like Carrie Elwes the way he always looks. You yeah, know? it's just now he is legit. I just looked it up 60 years old. Yeah. And Brooke Shields is 57. And I do think they look those ages. Like They look those ages and that's fine. In my mind, he was like 55 and she was 50. Like that was in what they were in my mind. And he's mm. just like a codgery old man who's used to being single. And she obviously has just gotten through this divorce. But it's just like trying to find a new path in life because I think she hates what she's doing professionally. Like she doesn't want to write for that character anymore, you know? I think it's just the character. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she writes a whole nother book and, you know, has a different byline even because she changes her name. And like I love her evolution through this movie. She like runs away from New York because of the bad press. And then, like, finds her love of writing in a different story now, which I'm here for. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say when you write books, you always put a little bit of yourself in them. And sometimes your life as it changes no longer fits the narrative of the character you created. And I think that's what she's grappling with, where I think Emma Gale was always her. Yeah. And now it's not. Her real life has changed, and so she doesn't want to necessarily continue to dwell and live in the old version of her, and that's her evolution. So for me, I was like, that's great. I kind of super identify with this. This is awesome. Yeah. She gets to the inn, and there's a knitting group, and I instantly was like, what? Love it. Yeah, they were just like, in the end, knitting. I was like, okay, cool. And like the, I assumed the owner, but the lady who was helping her, like- Maisie, the owner- she like yeah. pops up and is like, oh, can I help you? Like it's, I, I thought it was great. Yeah. Maisie, who is the owner of the inn. Yeah. She, it's, it's like, she has like this little knitting group that always meets at the inn that all kind of lives around and they're all kind of like a buddy friend group. And she gives us a little like primer on who's who, where you've got a grandmother and a grand, no, a mother and daughter is what it is, who is Helen and Rhoda. Yeah. And then you've got. Angus, whose husband was a part of their knitting group and passed away, and he started knitting after. Yeah, like came to learn to knit. I loved his story. I just wanted to hug him the whole movie. (laughs) Me too, and I love that he is like Silent Bob in this movie, and I was here for that. And I mean that like... He can talk, he just doesn't. His is more for emotional reasons than, like, I would assume anxiety reasons for Silent Bob. But, like, I love his character. Although I was confused at first. I was like, can he not speak or does he just choose not to speak? I think he's just introverted. Because then when he does speak, it's amazing. And you're like, if you only get one line in this movie, that's the one to have. Well, and we see him, like, laughing and singing even. And he even, like, goes to the bar for them and comes back with, like, a very complicated order. Like it wasn't just like a bunch of scotches or a bunch of beers. It was like various things. I was like, there's no way he's just not saying anything. Right. He just doesn't say anything to us, which I was fine with. Right. Right. Um, But they recognize her as the, as Sophie Brown, the author. Now, granted, Maisie is like, I'm glad you killed that guy off. You should have killed him (laughs) off books ago. And she's just like, thank you. It does seem like people in Scotland hated whatever that guy's name was. Malcolm or whatever. Winston. That's his name. Or at least they don't hold it against her the way that people back home did. Yeah. Yeah, Because they have hobbies. A knitting group. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. They're like, we loved your books, but we weren't like 
super invested so we don't like come across as a toxic fan base well like i said i don't like what happened to star wars am i going to leave my house and pick it because of it no no am i gonna Never. crochet later while i watch bridgerton or something like that yes because yes. i believe in the healing power <laughs> of fiber, fiber arts. arts yes i have i have that really nice yarn i bought when we were in in quilt town usa that i am making into a scarf that will match my winter coat holy shit i forgot that we went to fabric town usa quilt town usa thank you yeah when we went to Kansas City, we rented a car and drove an hour and a half to go there. Well, that's before uh, you magically caught COVID. Yeah, before you magically caught COVID from Mikey, who brought COVID yeah. into Quilt Town, US. Yeah, Mikey made me sick. Maybe technically committed biological warfare against Quilt Town, <laughs> USA. <laughs> no, because we went before you got there. So Quilt Town, USA is safe. Yeah, you did not go with us, Mikey. I know. I don't know that you would have had fun. I don't think we I would had have. fun. <laughs> yeah. I honestly had way more fun than I thought I would. Yeah, we got milkshakes. I pulled a Christmas move where I accidentally bought a giant yarn blanket, the the big yarn knitted ones. Hell yeah, Mikey. Because like I ordered a few gifts on Target and like this giant box came and I was like, Oh God, what have I done? I was like, what? <laughs> I never, I didn't order anything that big and I open it and it's like, I got my brother and his girlfriend and their dog matching Hanukkah pajamas for their stocking stuffers for Christmas. Love it. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. But then I was like, what is this? And it's this giant knitted blanket that I must have spent. I don't even know how much money on or it's a mistake, but it's really cool and I could use it as a gift, but I think I'm going to keep it for myself. I mean, you could consider it a gift to yourself. I've done a lot of gifts to myself this week. Can I tell you what I bought for myself this week? What? A sequin rhinestone cat suit. It was on sale. I went to Banana Republic for a new sweater for my brother's graduation. And I go to check out and they're like, it's 50% off. It's like the same sale as Black Friday. I was like, this is like a random Thursday. And they're like, yeah, we don't have any signs up or anything. Do you want to get other stuff? And I was like, I guess. And I said, like, <laughs> I was like, 50% off is like not a small percentage. This was 50% off as well. And it had been marketed to me by Instagram where it was like, don't you want to look like a glittery, like a glittery spandex queen? And I'm just like, of course I do. Well, thank you. When I get it, eventually I will, I guess, model it. The targeted ads are, they're getting better. That's all I'm saying. They have my number for sure. Yeah. They they know what's up. Anyway, so she gets settled in her room and they're like, hey, sorry that it's just kind of like a small inn. And she's like, no, that's exactly what I wanted. I'm just here to write my book. This is great. Uh, but also, is the castle nearby? And they're like, oh, yeah, just over that hill. Yeah. You can totally go. So she bikes through the countryside to the castle. It seems like it's like a 15-minute bike right away. Like, it's still yeah. pretty close. It's still pretty close. And I did think it was funny that it did not rain often in this film. Well, he talks about how it rains 150 days out of the year, and it does. Right. But we never see it rain. We never see it rain, and she's there for almost three months. Yeah. So that's another thing. This movie takes place over three months. It does. We also don't see the midges. We don't see midges. That's a big deal. Yeah, midges were the worst. It takes place over three months? I mean, I yes. knew there was a lot of montages. Three months. Yeah. I, like, I it's, feel like a lot of time's which passing. Which I think is a realistic time frame for them to have like fallen for each other, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I really appreciated that instead of the like, it's one week till Christmas, but we're going to get married. And also I'm pregnant, like, you know, the way Hallmark movies do. Uh, you guys stop talking about what I need to do next week good luck he wants to stuff somebody's stocking with a baby 
Oh, Mikey, no. I've got to meet a woman who's in town from the country that I need to teach the meaning of Christmas to and marry her and knock her up. I've like one week and she's got a lawyer fiance. I feel like you're bad at managing time. <laughs> yeah. I like to, you know, cram. You have not allotted yourself enough time for this task. Two minutes? <laughs> no. Oh, so you're only focusing on the getting her pregnant part. I mean, that would be, that's the practically the hard part. I mean, the love thing we got. That's very romantic what you just said. Yeah, good lord. Anyway, <laughs> she rolls up to the castle. The tour is coming out and they're not stopping in the gift shop and the maintenance man from the inn is there again. And I felt like at the end they had kind of like a spark. Oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Here she's kind of like, "Oh, he works here too." And he's like, "I'll give you a tour." It's kind of this like they start out kind of like, "He thinks she's cute, she thinks he's cute." All right, and then they find out who each other are and they're like, "No, now it's enemies to lovers." The classic trope. Like, yes. All right. But I definitely do think there was like some, ooh, hello, lady, in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she's Brooke Shields. I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course. She's Brooke Shields in the same pair of jeggings for this entire film. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brooke, do you want to change? No. Okay. Honestly, if you could be like, hey, Paige, do you want to make a movie? You can wear leggings the whole time. I'd be like, well, hey, <laughs> like that's a bonus, I think. <laughs> Cozy. Yeah, just be cozy the whole time. I'll just sit by the fire and write a book in the movie and it'll be fine. So he offers to give her a private tour. And at first, my thought was like, they would never let a maintenance man just give a private tour. Well, of course like, he's not just the maintenance man. It's Carrie Right. Owens. So th yeah, this I mean, is like what clued me into like, he's he's the Duke or something. Yeah. I did think it was funny because she does ask for a tour and the tour guide was like, no, we, we just did our last one and we'll do more tomorrow. And then that's when Carrie is like, I'll give her a tour. And she's like, are you sure it's going to be okay? And he's like, I'll risk it. Which I thought yeah. was very funny knowing now that he's the Duke. Like, that's his house. Right, but right, like, right. I thought it was very funny. He is, even when he's being mean, sort of still charming. And I love it's that about Carrie his character. Ellis. Yeah, he's so good. So he gives her a tour and points out a couple cool things like where the yeah. you know bedrooms and bathrooms are. I like that in that one turret, it was built clockwise so that they could defend it with right-handed soldiers like that was really interesting yeah it was kind of um, cool but he he does kind of pull a beauty in the beast of like we can't go to the east wing like but it's the that's where the rose is dropping like it's just upstairs okay yeah and he gets dragged away to talk to people about a wedding who want to book a wedding there yeah and he's like don't go upstairs and she's like okay won't do that he walks away and she immediately goes and does that right and finds where her her father tried to carve his name into one of the doors and he immediately goes back up to try and find her and he's like what are you doing up here and she's like oh it was just my fan i have family history i was finding this thing and he doesn't even wait to listen for what she's finding but he's like the reason no one's allowed up here is because it's a private residence like this is somebody's home yeah tours over get the fuck out yeah basically and i was like he's very emotional for this that's his home yeah absolutely uh and he tells them to book the wedding she goes back and hangs out with the knitters and is just like, I don't know how to knit. Can you teach me? And they get her on the knitting train, too, which like I have tried many times to learn how to knit and I am not great at it, but I can crochet like a motherfucker. So like I would have just brought my hooks and, you know, hung out. I'm sure they wouldn't like kick you out of knitting class for crocheting, not class, but group 
for crocheting, would they? They might throw some side eye, but like most of the time, your fiber arts people do both or or yeah. at least the group has both. I don't do any, but I know a bunch of people who can do both. It a depends lot of on the project. Can. Yeah. I'm just not one of those sure. people. But I do love that a lot of times when you find crochet groups, they call themselves hookers. Yeah. Uh. There's a sassiness to crochet that I enjoy. I once saw a shirt that said, I'm hooked on crocheting. And I was like, okay, that's funny. Yeah, nice. I was like, I bet you have a lot of cats. I find it easier. Some other people don't. Some people just like can't make crochet happen, but can knit all day. I can't make crochet happen. I can't make any of the fiber arts happen. I had to go to physical therapy as a child because of my lack of fine motor skills. They had you crochet? No. I'm just saying I have bad handwriting. I had trouble tying my shoes. And now I can't crochet. Interesting. So what you're saying is ultimately we should have seen this coming since your youth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As you raise your scotch. I also crochet wrong. Oh, I can do it wrong, Paige. It's like boxing. (laughs) They have orthodox in the South Pole. Anyway, so she joins in. They they get her addicted to fiber arts, which is an expensive hobby that will follow her for the rest of her life. And she will always have too much yarn at her house. Congratulations. But she is rich as shit. They don't talk about it, but she buys a castle and pays off everyone's mortgage. What? Yes, although they do establish that the value and cost of those have gone down considerably. And I guess it wasn't their mortgages. It was the debt on the land, I guess, which would be less than the mortgages. So that's considerably. But like but that's like rich people considerably, like where it's like it's not seven million dollars. It's four. Oh, yeah. It definitely would be like in that realm. For sure. But what they establish is that it's either or. So like if she buys the castle, he uses the proceeds to pay off everyone's mortgage. Yes. If she pays off everyone's mortgage, she doesn't have to buy the castle. So like it's one or the other. So it's not both. Okay. Because one thing does both. But that means that like here's the thing. If she's a successful novelist, if she like I'm sure her place in New York is five mil. I'm sure she's got it. I I mean. Who wrote yeah. Outlander? Oh, Diana Gabaldon? I bet that woman yeah. is rich as fuck. Yeah, so it says Diana Gabaldon's net worth as of right now was $110 million. Now, that's probably not exactly right, but that's probably ballparking it. So she could definitely afford $4 million, right? Or whatever of that course. would be. Yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of that's also probably tied up in properties and publishing rights. So, like, I don't think she has $100 million liquid, but, sure. like... yeah. She could make it happen. And in my mind, that's kind of who we were thinking about was like that. Yeah. Or like, you know, George R.R. R. Martin could probably buy a castle. Yeah. We're not going to talk about Game of Thrones this episode. Stephen King could probably buy a castle. Yeah, Stephen King could buy a castle. Yeah. yeah. Someone who can finish their projects can buy as many castles oh, as they want. It's Christmas. Do you know why George R.R. R. Martin hates Twitter? Because he could only have 140 characters. <laughs> He's written like four prequels. I can't talk about this. I'm in a good Christmas spirit. Mikey, it's because he doesn't know how to end it. Yeah, writing is hard. I get it. Anyway, we meet all the knitting people. We also get to try uh, Rona's. She's a pastry chef, but we only ever see her make shortbread and cupcakes. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think whoever wrote this knows what pastry chefs are capable of. Her pastries do look delicious, though. Yes. Yeah, oh, they do. Absolutely. But I'm like, like a real pastry chef could make amazing shit. So like. I mean, she's no Paul Hollywood, but she can serve, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so 
We also find out that Maisie's divorced, uh, which will come into play later because she grew up in the area and grew up around Thomas, who works at the castle. He's like the castle's only employee. Yeah. And and also Carrie Elwes' yeah. best friend. Right. And this is where we hear about Angus. So. Yeah. She basically tells them, like, I was supposed to come with my dad and I never made it. Here's who my dad was. And Helen is like, I went to school with him. Like, I know that kid. Like, he was, you know, a motor mouth. And... Brooke Shields is kind of crying because she's like, this is great. Like, I'm actually like hearing all this stuff. I feel like I'm kind of home. And this is where she finds out that they're like, oh, the castle's for sale. And it's actually like not that expensive as far as like giant stone buildings go. That I mean, at one point they commented that Aberdeenshire is cheaper than a Range Rover, which would put it in like the six figures. Like, you know, I uh, like castle for six figures for like a hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, like, the the worst a Range Rover could probably set you back, and I mean, like, super custom is probably 500000 and that's, like, with every possible customization or whatever. So, like, if you could get a castle for under $500,000, you totally would, right? I don't know that I would just because they all seem like shithole fixer-uppers. They do seem like shithole fixer-uppers. Just call Chip and Joanna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I had $100 million net worth, I absolutely would. Like, I'm looking online right yeah. now, and there are, like, legit Scottish, I would call them mansions, but they are castles. You know, like, they're big lands on estates. Yeah, this is filmed in a mansion, not a castle. Yeah. Like, the exterior is a castle, but anyway, you, you get it. But yeah, like, they they range in price from, like, 700000 to, like, $7 million, you know? And, like... Yeah. But they're all sort of beautiful. Well, that, I mean, think, if you're someone like her, you could absolutely afford that. Yes, absolutely. And especially, too, like, depending on how your mortgage works, it's not like she's dropping seven mil at a time, you know, like if, if she has, let's say she's Diana Gabaldon and she's got a hundred million dollars and this castle is seven million. She's maybe putting one million down, maybe two. And then she's just making payments on it. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, honestly, she's not doing it. The money manager's doing it. She's that level of wealthy. Of course. Bring me a castle. <laughs> well, and I'm, here's the thing. I'm sure Brooke Shields is too, which is why I think this, it seems to happen incredibly fast. But because of who she is and what she does, I, it made sense. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to her in bed looking at a picture of her dad. And we cut to the next day where they're letting Carrie Elwes know somebody's made them an offer on the castle. And it's a large offer. Like, it's a fair offer. Yeah. And he's like, he just doesn't want to sell it. And we'll find out why later. But at this point, we don't really realize why. And so... She shows up and he's like, you're buying the castle? No, like, I hate you or whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is where they very much go from like, ooh, they're kind of cute to I hate you. Well, it's because she's kind of English. She's American. Which I guess is kind of English. Of English, Not yeah. Not really, though, because we, <laughs> we were common enemies of the English at the same time. But before that, we were part of it. Well, so were they at, at that point. So like that because that's the thing. This is what's happening in Outlander right now is that the Revolutionary War is about to happen. And Jamie's definitely going to join the Revolutionary War Army. A hundred percent. Of course. We already met George Washington. It's like a whole thing. He's going to America. He's in America. He's yeah. been in America for three seasons, Mikey. Yeah, dude. I need to catch up. By catch up, do you mean <laughs> finish season one? That is in the definition <laughs> of catch up. Anyway, he doesn't want to sell her the castle. Uh, but the way that I picture this going down is that she woke up the next morning, called her accountant, 
and was like, this is the property. I want to put an offer on it. And she's probably pre-approved with for bank funding or whatever or has enough liquid cash to do it. So anyway, he basically is like, you're doing this on a whim. And she's like, no, when I saw this place, I felt home. My father used to work here, like all of this stuff. And he's just a dick to her. And she says, I thought Dukes were supposed to be gentlemen. And he was like, only English Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. <laughs> so as he turns her down, his bank manager is like, if you say no to her, you are handing this castle to the bank. Yeah. Basically, like, you will lose it. There's no way around it. So we cut to, she goes to the pub and she's like, I need a drink because I had to deal with that asshole. And he shows up and he's like, all right, I'll sell it to you, but here are my terms. You have to keep Thomas on as an employee so he makes sure that Thomas has a job. Yeah. And he's like, you have to live in it, move into it, and we have a 90-day escrow till Christmas, and you have to learn how the castle functions and how to keep it running. And I'm going to be there the whole time. And she's just like, um, okay, and does it. Now, we will find out later that she is fully in like aware of what he's trying to do yes because his plan is to like annoy her to make her life a living hell Mm -hmm. so that she pulls out of the deal and he gets to keep her deposit which will allow him to pay off a lot of the debts yeah at least i think he says get him through the winter and then i'll figure out spring when they get to spring classic guy move yeah which is like you don't like a girl but you have to get them to break up with you because you don't want to do it I mean, bad communication, but sure. Yeah. So he goes back to the castle and they're actively making it worse in the castle. So it'll be shitty for her. And he's like, well, she'll be gone within a week. We're going to make her miserable. So we cut to her calling her daughter and she's like, I'm buying the castle. I can't explain it, but I it felt like dad would want me to. And I'm really kind of happy and excited. She's like, I have to live with this guy till Christmas, but like you should come visit for Christmas. And she's like, "Uh, about that. I'll tell you later. So we cut to the next day and she has already won over Hamish the dog, who I love, who looks a lot like the mystical, magical time cop dog from the lake house. Yes. It's a very adorable dog. I love it. Yeah. He gives her a giant key uh, and he takes her on the tour and he's showing her all of the like terrible stuff. But in the middle of it, he says, we've got sustainable forestry and a wind farm and an organic farming. I'm an engineer. I went to college. Like that's what I went to college to do. That's why I've had the farm and everything. Yeah. And then she just turns to him and she's like, nerd. Naughty. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she passes by his room and he's like, no reason to go in there. And she's like, oh, I will not be going in there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and he's like, I can't see why you would. Like he's very high yeah. about it too. Yeah. We cut to she finds a room that she really likes and he's like, oh, the fifth Duke died in that bed. Horrible death. And she's like, oh, God. Uh, So she doesn't want to sleep in there. Although we will find out that that's a lie and the room is fine. Right. Which I thought was hilarious. But, you know, I get why he would do that. He doesn't want her in the house at all at this point. Right. Uh, So they go upstairs to the other rooms and it is actively leaking. Like this castle is drafty, cold and wet. Oh, yes. Which you should expect when he's like, all right, now you're going to get the real tour. Like, of course, yeah. it's going to be a shithole. Like, yes. Yeah. And he's like, we don't heat the upstairs because it's too costly. You'll stay in this room. And it is a hot mess. Yes. It's terrible. Um, and the bathroom's down the hall. The fireplace doesn't work. It's a whole bunch of stuff. And he says, I looked up your family and no one ever worked here. And she's like, well, my name is my my married name. And he's like, 
oh and she's like i'm divorced and he's like i can believe that and you're just like hey asshole because like, <laughs> she has no wedding ring and obviously someone loved you at one point he's implying that she would be easy to divorce i think that yeah that no one I, I would mean, want to stay yeah yeah absolutely that's what he's implying yeah i don't know i've never yeah. met a person that wouldn't be easy to divorce well not quite sure what that means to be easy to divorce. i mean i have divorced someone and it was worth it so like yeah yeah Sometimes you got to make the hard call. Yeah. And that person was Brooke Shields. She's a little <laughs> old for me, I think. And that's why you divorced, which I thought was like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Okay. Yeah. Old ladies, no tricks. Yeah. Old chicks, no tricks, baby. Bro, like, like you wouldn't marry Brooke Shields. She can buy a castle. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if Hallmark pays that well. <laughs> but I think she's probably got stockpiles of money from previously. I hope I so. I'd marry, I'd marry Diana Gambleton. Give me, give me that hundred and ten million. That's what I was thinking. I was like, if she had a hundred and ten million, I'd think about it. She's not a bad looking lady either for her age. No. Anyway, she shows him the carving that her father did. Yeah, in the door jam thing. In the door jam, and is like, and you know, when you know whoever was in the house found him, he threw him out and fired my father, and that's kind of how they ended up in America. And. He, he makes a really interesting comment where he's like, oh, that would have been my grandfather, you know, but my father would have said the same and I probably would have been a dick too, unfortunately. Like, that's not attractive, but, you know, given the situation, I might have done the same. But he also tells her that McGinty, which is her, you know, Scottish name. Yeah. He's like, that's a strong name. You should stick with that. So we cut to she's unpacking in her room, which doesn't have a closet or anything. And it's freezing and, you know, terrible. Yeah. She's wearing like a full <laughs> scarf inside. Yeah. Which means I could sleep comfortably. You hear that, Brooke Shields? Just invite him over. He'll sleep comfortably. <laughs> He'll sleep mm -hmm. comfortably because you don't live in a lizard enclosure. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't lick your eye for moisture. She's like, it's so cold. It's 70 degrees. There was a thing one time at work where... In our old office, people kept messing with a the thermostat. And so somebody did like a whole presentation on like what the optimal temperature should be. And a bunch of girls in the office voted for it to be 74 degrees. What? And I was like, the was hell is wrong so with all of you? Buy a sweater. What are you doing? <laughs> that was me. I was like, I'll just bring a sweater if I'm cold. But also, spoiler, I'm not that cold. There's a bunch of us in the office. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 74. I was like, that's extreme. Anyway. So it's Hamish, the dog. Love it. And uh, she's like, I just want a cup of tea. Can you show me where to get there? And Hamish is like, I got you. And so Hamish takes her to the bathroom where Carrie Elvis is in the bath. And she's like, I thought this was the kitchen. And he was like, uh, it's not because you pour me another whiskey. And she's like, no, bye. And then Hamish does this very cute little like, and like puts his paw over his face. And then like bows his head a little bit. It looks like in my mind, because I'm the kind of, pet owner that will like way over personify my pets hamish was saying i'm sorry he made me do it yes that was the impression <laughs> was the i got vibe i got from hamish yeah yeah anyway <laughs> we cut to the next day and he's reading her book at the breakfast table and he's like Maisie gave it to me and he's basically accusing her he's like you used the same words like about this castle that you did in your book it's a sales pitch you don't care about the castle and she's like right i do care about the castle and there's nothing you can do to get rid of me. So deal with it. So Yeah, I do like that early on she reveals that like, hey, I'm on to your plan. Like, I know what you're trying to do. It's not going to work. Exactly. Yeah, I like so that. So she rides into town and sees 
the the knitting group yarn bombing like a phone booth and other stuff which i love there's some yarn bomb stuff in our neighborhood and i always think it's super fun it is cool i've never seen it before i liked it it, it, it was pretty like i liked what they did yeah and there's a, a moment where they're like how was the castle and she was like cold and they're like don't worry he'll warm up to you and she's like no 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 <laughs> physically cold uh and Rhoda wants to dye her hair this is such a weird aside with her like oh i'll do it like i have seen barbers before <laughs> i can do hair <laughs> so we cut to later i assume the same day or a couple days later the van full of the knitting crew which i love that they travel in like a vw bus yeah just full of yarn anywhere they go it's great it is great but they roll up rona's hair is different it's like darker but now it has green streaks in it right which are clearly clip-in extensions but yeah <laughs> They yarnify her room to make it nice and cozy and help her kind of clean it up and everything. Yeah, I, I love what they do to her room. It's much more livable after they leave it. Well, and Maisie, who has clearly been in the castle a bunch, is like, hey, where's the dresser and the other stuff that was in this room? Yeah. Like stuff that she could be using. And Thomas is like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, shut your mouth. I do think, okay, so at this point, I thought Thomas... Um, you know, the butler guy, like, I don't know what his job title yeah, is yeah, either yeah. way. I thought that he was married to Maisie. That's what I thought, but they're not. Yeah. Cause at this point it just says that she's been divorced for four years and you thought it was him. Yes. That's kind of what I originally thought. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't. And I really like the way it plays out. But because she knew the missing furniture, I was like, oh, she was married to the groundskeeper or whatever here. Well, she actually, she clarifies in this scene because he leaves and she's yes. like, we dated for a little bit before I married Sean. Yeah. And then Helen is like, well, you're not married now, are you? And she's like, not right now. Like, hey, we're not doing this right now. Yeah. She's like, this needs to happen in the third act, not the second. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they're like, knitters look after each other. No one crosses the knitters, right, Angus? And then they have like a hand symbol, <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. They're a gang, guys. Of course. I don't know if you guys noticed. Rona is always, I don't know if she's cold or nervous or what. But her hands are always right here and she's always gesturing while crunched into a ball. Yeah, I noticed that she was sitting in her chair like an eight-year-old sits in a chair and I was confused by that. But whatever. She's uh, a yarn ball that was turned human with a magical voice. <laughs> oh my God. I just found out that Hello Kitty is not a cat and is human and it's been wrecking my brain for like a whole day. I'm sorry. What? Is that real? Yes, Todd. Yes, it's real. Hello Kitty's not a cat. It's a furry. It's a human. A furry. human girl who lives in London and loves apple pie. SNL just did a sketch about it when Kiki Palmer was on this past weekend, which, by the way, multiple hilarious sketches for that Kiki Palmer episode. But also, I watched that one and I was like, is that fucking real? And then, of course, I went to Sanrio to be like, <laughs> what's up? And they're like, Hello Kitty is a little girl. And I'm like, a girl cat? And they're like, a little girl who lives in London. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like with her owners? <laughs> no, like with her family, like her parents have names, but then she's dating like she has a boyfriend, but he's a cat. I don't fucking know. It's it has been ruining my brain all day. I would imagine that it would be earth shattering to me if I found out a character I loved as a child was a actual human committing bestiality with their live cat boyfriend. Oh, also, she's a third grader. I hate everything about this right now. I mean, I'm trying to think of something comparable for you. Like, if I was like, by the way, Scooby-Doo is a man. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to bridge this gap. Okay. 
But Scooby-Doo is a man, right? No, Shaggy's the man. Scooby-Doo is the dog. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's a male dog. Sure, sure, sure. No, I mean, Hello Kitty is a human child. <laughs> it is wild. This is kind of like if I was like R2-D2 is actually a squirrel. <laughs> you were like a squirrel named Dennis. Huh? Huh? Have you ever known a girl really into Hello Kitty or anybody? Really I into was Hello into Hello Kitty? Hello Kitty as a kid. So was my sister. No, no, no. Not as a kid. As an adult. I dated um, a girl who was super into Hello Kitty, like in her house that she owned, just to give you like her age approximation, there was a Hello Kitty room with a stripper pole, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> and uh, it was one of my favorite rooms in the house. She sounds awesome. Um, I, I'm going to say I still, fucks with, <laughs> I still fucks with some Hello Kitty. Like if you bought me a Hello Kitty thing as an adult, I'd be excited about it. I mean, she's a very nice person. It didn't work out. But like her current and boyfriend sh she ended up with after me, like, he seems very happy, so like... Good for them. Yeah, good for them. What made you say goodbye, Kitty? To her? Nothing. Oh, you mean... Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking about my Hello Kitty fandom, not Todd's no, real relationship. To Todd, Todd, go okay. ahead. It's interesting to me that you think I'm the one that ended it, but... <laughs> No, it just didn't work out. <laughs> Todd, are you the breaker upper or the one broken up with? I am always the one who does the breaking up with, but the last two serious relationships I was in, they cheated on me. And I, I considered that a breakup and just left at both of was those Was it situations. with Bats Maru or Karobi? <laughs> Is that, is that deep cut Hello Kitty references? Yeah, it is. Okay. I have no idea what the yeah, fuck you're talking you about, but that's hilarious. You just gibberish at me. And that's Somebody hilarious. is yeah. listening right now, and they're, and they're like, They're losing their on. fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> she like, you're at home, so you don't see her face, but she like named it, looked at it, so it was like, had an excited face, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, girl, but I see the energy, I don't know what, and I appreciate it. I don't know it. nothing about no twin stars. I don't know about Pachaco. I didn't know that Cinema Roll was a dog and not a rabbit. Was it? Is it a cartoon? They're, they're like little characters. I, I'm sure there have been cartoons. I also follow Hello Kitty on TikTok right now. Like, I follow the Sanrio TikTok account because it's fucking bonkers, and it's all like Hello Kitty like mascot costumes doing like little sketches, and some of them are just fucking hilarious is there like hello kitty lore yes i don't know a lot of it <laughs> but before this whole human thing the one that really threw me for a loop is there's a hello kitty character called cinema roll that has like long white ears and i have thought for conservatively a decade that that thing was a rabbit and then they, they did like a Q&A with Cinema Roll and it's like Cinema Roll is a dog. And I was like, the fucking what? Why does it wear a teacup hat? I don't understand. But I like it. And I'm here for Gadutama as well. Gudutama? Gudutama, the sad egg. Yeah. The sad egg. Yeah. I, I have a friend who loves Gudutama, like has a bunch Gudutama's of them. Gudutama great. When we went to Japan, she like really wanted to find all the Gudetama stuff she could. Her and her husband are like my best friends, but she's super into it. There was also a one that was like a square that kind of looks like a like a square with teeth. I have a couple of those as well because I thought they looked kind of like cute Bigfoots. Anyway, but yeah, I'm here for some sad egg shit. Yeah. Pro Sanrio. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, so finding out the Hello Kitty is a human rocked my world this week. Anyway. Yeah. So this is where the knitters tell her, they're like, you know, I know Miles who's, Carrie Elvis's character it's kind of a dick but honestly like he has a good heart and he's all of our landlords and she's like wait what and they're like yeah that's why he's selling the castle because he owns all the land that everyone's houses are on 
And he knows that, like, he won't be there forever. And his dad kind of spent all the money, like, you know, squandered it. So he's trying to pay off all our houses so that we can always live here and we have a place to live, even if he loses the castle. So, like, we find out that there's strong conflicting motivations there. Yeah, but I do think that you sort of find out that he actually is, like, a really good guy. Yeah. Like, he is not some rich, pompous asshole. Like... He is sort of a middle class guy because his dad squandered all their family money and he has a job like he's an environmental engineer or whatever. And he's trying to like make that work for the community, too. So, like, yeah, he's clearly trying to just improve the town. Yeah. And he's just trying to, like, make good for I feel like he feels a lot of responsibility to the town having been or being the Duke, you know, of that area. Well, and that explains why he's the maintenance man everywhere, because he's their landlord. Yeah, Yeah, and it's not just his place. Like, he was fixing up the hotel, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So, we cut to later. She's talking to her daughter on FaceTime, and this is where her daughter's like, Dad's marrying that other lady on Christmas, so I can't go to the wet. Like, I I can't come have Christmas with you in Scotland. I have to go to their wedding. And she's like, of course you do. Like, it's a wedding. Like, be nice, you know. Of course you have to go, which... That's a bonkers ask, right? To have all your friends and family come watch you get married on Christmas Day? People do it. People do it. Yeah. I would be livid. I would absolutely not go. I'd be like, sorry, I don't know if you're aware of this, but that's Christmas Day, and I don't spend it at weddings. Unless it was like me getting married, and the only people going to the wedding are like, our immediate families that we were going to spend Christmas Day with anyway. Yeah, like if you guys were going to like rent a cabin with your entire Mm -hmm. family and get married there, that's awesome. Good for you. So Christmas is actually a pretty popular wedding day. Like I know that's crazy, but like... That is crazy. They'll do... and, And usually you announce it the Christmas before. So like you give people a year to prep, I guess. Um, but and they usually do it in the evening. So it's like Christmas that night or some people get married on Christmas Eve sometimes. Okay. too. But that was an option for us when we went to go get our wedding day because we wanted fall or winter anyway. So they're getting married on Christmas. And as she's kind of giving her the rundown, Miles is in the background feeding the fire. And he tells her later that he's like, it's not for you. I have to keep the room dry so it doesn't ruin the books. It is for her. Like, he does, like, I'm sure the books too, but like, yeah. despite everything he's saying, he does clearly care about her and is kind of into it. Because he's like, once she signs off the FaceTime, he's like, so who's, what's her name? Like, what's going on? And she's like, enough about that. The knitters told me that you're actually not a shit bag. So like, what's up, dude? Yeah, like, like, hey, what's good? what? Let's like uh, see what's up here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I really do like the way this movie talks about their past relationships. I think it's very, very, it's more nuanced than you get in these movies because usually it's just like she ran off you know or whatever or she died of cancer and she's like well uh he met somebody else but also i played a part in it because i didn't make time for the relationship i was constantly on the computer it doesn't make what he did right but like i was a part of it too and it didn't work out and i'm trying to kind of figure myself out as a result Mm -hmm. and then he's like i thought we were happy but apparently she was not. I was not as attentive to what she needed. Maybe I was pouring too much of myself into what I was doing. Yeah. And now I took over this and I've kind of been figuring myself out here too. They're getting their grooves back, Scotland style. They're getting their grooves <laughs> back, castle style. And they're having, they had very 
healthy conversations about their past relationships, I felt like, which is not a norm in these movies. But yeah, I, I love that they actually communicate and have some chemistry between them. And yeah, yeah, it's great. And even when they fight later. The, the communication is better than most movies. Anyway, he's like, well, you're clearly not writing because we've been having this conversation for a while. Let's go do something. So they go on a drive through the countryside uh, and the music that they scored this to sounds like Christian rock in a very specific way. And I don't think it is, but I'm just like, who is out there making non-Christian rock Christian rock? <laughs> like what's happening? Who's got an acoustic guitar in a dream? Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, but they see some other castles around. I love how he's like, hey, that castle's for sale, and they got oceanfront views. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the <laughs> castle that they visited. So in between seasons... I already know what you're going to say. This is where the two people from uh, Outlander do Scottish things where they're dressed up in kilts. Yes! Yeah, they visited this on their travel show. I've never watched the show, but I know all of the lore of the people who are on the show. It's great. It's honestly kind of a fun show. Anyway, they wrote a book about it. Whatever. The book's only okay. <laughs> I would say get it for audiobook just so you can hear the accents, but you know. But it's Carrie Elwes reading it, so it's like the bonkers. <laughs> it's bonkers. <Yeah. laughs> Somebody found a book of Scottish slang when they were writing this movie and were like, they have so many words for idiot. I'm going to put all of them in here. And there'll be a test on them, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He takes her to like a historical place. It's a well, I guess. And he pushes her in. And we get that sound effect from the ring <laughs> or from Ringu, the original. <laughs> but he tells her this story of like historically one of the duchesses decided to go off to war to defend her people. She laid a necklace here for bravery and strength. And yeah. then she came back and married a commoner. And so now people leave jewelry, necklaces, whatever, all over. And it's actually very, very cute. And these people wed on Christmas Eve. Well, it's also what she writes her book about, or at least it's implied that that's what she writes her book about. I, and this is just, if I were a writer, I think she's going to use that story as a metaphor for a modern romance. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, the new book does well, though we don't really get anything that says what the new book is about. Just the title. Just the title, which suggests that maybe she didn't use it as a metaphor and she just went full kilt porn with it, which also I read the shit out of that shit. So like, I mean, it works really well for the lady who wrote Outlander. So kilt porn is popular. It's a whole genre. It's like a whole genre of just like Scottish Highland romances. So the, there's like multiple people that write multiple books about it. Uh, and I, that was what I was reading when we were at Panic Fest was. Yeah, I remember because you just like flaunt the kind of porn you get into. Yeah, whatever. Don't care. <laughs> I remember because I was like, I don't come into the living room and watch porn in front of y'all. I was reading it in my room. OK, we could hear. <laughs> Paige only reads out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we could hear. Anyway, so they go to the pub and everyone is there in various tartans just because that's what America thinks Scotland is. <laughs> They're like plaid, <laughs> everything plaid. Yeah. A lot of the touristy places will have that sort of stuff because tourists want to see that shit. Um, when you right. get off the beaten path, it's not so much that. Right. A lot of cable knit sweaters. Yeah. I think that I would have seen a lot less. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. I, if I had like a local showing me around when I went to Scotland, it probably would have been a lot more of like that. Yeah. Sort of more cable knit sweater and jeans as opposed to like, you know, Scottish tartan kilts. But yeah. yeah. So... They all start singing. We cut to, they get back to the castle and they're like about to kiss, but didn't. Dude, and they, I do feel like the spark between them in this moment because it's very like awkwardly long and like they both know it and they both want it. But Carrie Elvis is like, I'm trying to steal her money. I'm not trying to like get up in her 
Vagine, right? Why not both? I mean, that's what I was thinking, right? Why not have an awesome three months boning down Brooke Shields? And if she wants to stay great, let her have the hotel or let, let her have the castle. But if she doesn't, you just had some great sex and made a lot of money doing it. Oh, but also, also steal her money. <laughs> uh, he proposes a handshake and it pulls back to show how close they are together. Yeah. Which is like, if they had been standing this close in the hallway of my high school, one of the teachers would have walked by and been like, leave room for the Holy Spirit or like Bible <laughs> with the part. Because they're like right up on each other. And, and when he says handshake, he can't even get his hand like out. It's like, like press like against him touching both of their stomachs like that's how close they are yes. yeah and so she hugs him instead they are not leaving room for the holy spirit no not at all they're not abiding church dance rules no uh so she hugs him instead and he's like well this wasn't a date which is just him being gruff and trying to protect his emotions but it actually makes her sad it's very it does you could tell she because they had a great day a yeah they had a great time they're both single it's not illegal yeah. for two old people to have sex no, this is what was missing from Falling for Christmas was a day like this in the middle of it. Agree, yeah. So we cut ahead a little bit. She's been there 32 days. And now they're like friends, kind of. Yeah. Where at least they kind of tolerate each other. They kind of, you know, get along. And Thomas is just like, dude, I haven't seen you happy in a long time. Yeah. yeah. You are happy with her around. You like her. Just do it. Like, you know, let her in, essentially. I mean, he literally says, let let someone in, I think. And he's like, let someone in. What? Are you, that's ridiculous. I'm trying to get her out. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, he's the castle. <sighs> Mikey. Mm -hmm. Of course he's the castle. That makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> His fly is the drawbridge. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, she gets a call from her agent who's like, please tell me you've started the new book. And she's like, yes, but it's not about this. It's a completely different thing, which is never what an agent wants to hear. Right. An agent doesn't want to hear you be like, I'm going in a whole new direction. Because then they're just like, fuck, how do I market that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and she even sort of talks about that. Not here, I think, but like later she has a conversation with her agent where like, she is sort of like falling for Carrie Elwes and like her agent sort of figures that out. And she's like, oh, are you going to be a duchess? That I can market. Like, yeah, let's yeah, do I that. Yeah, I can rebrand That would be that. a rebrand. Yeah, like, I love how she gets like jazzed about that. Sometimes <laughs> agents are really good at marketing you for one thing and don't know what to do with other things. And that's that's why people get new agents or whatever. It's a process. Yeah. My last agent at one point, I was like, the podcast is doing really great. And she was like, you're still doing that? Time for a new agent, Paige. That's why we, that's why we don't work together anymore. No, yeah. no shade. She's a wonderful lady. But I was like, yeah, I don't. It, I think it's going to be more that. Yeah. So her agent is finally like, okay, well, just call me later or whatever. So we cut to she's trying to write, and a tour comes through, and the tour all knows who she is. And so she gives them like the tour and she's messing up all the info, but they don't give a shit because they're just like, it's the lady. Uh, so they buy a bunch of stuff at the gift shop. It's basically super successful. She's good for business. Yeah. She's also like telling the story of the castle, not just like pointing out here's a painting or whatever. And I think that's why that right. translates to more like merch sales or whatever. Right. Yeah. Salesmanship. Yeah. But she's good at it. Yeah, you're right. She's really good at it. We cut to... She's with the knitters in the pub and he shows up and he's basically just like, we need to talk yeah. because you're like too much. 
It's all too much. And she's just like, fucker, I know what's up. I know you're trying to get rid of me so you can keep my deposit because that contract was paper thin. Like, I could totally see what you're doing. Yeah. And he's just like, and so he like leaves and she's just like, I'm staying. This is my next chapter. I don't know. It's scary, but I'm staying and I'm making it work even though it's hard. Yeah. So he leaves. She comes back to the castle and he's finished her dad's carving into the door. And he's like, hey, he worked here. He's part of the history. And she's like, this is you apologizing. He's like, I'm not apologizing. It's it's totally him. Well, and she keeps saying, I accept your apology. I accept your apology over and over. (laughs) And he eventually does sort of like smile back at her, but like he never like says he apologizes. Yes. And we do get snippets of her trying to write her book and it's all terrible. And she's just like, I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah. She's like, suddenly Palpatine has returned somehow. (laughs) Palpatine (laughs) has returned from the wishing well on to the Battle of Culloden. (laughs) Um, So they move. He interrupts her to move in a scotch dresser which one would assume is the one that was in the room before that he took out to make her uncomfortable yeah Uh, he does fix it up though you see it when they're taking it out and it's like really old and not great and he does fix it up it's the same one it's just shinier right and he's like so how's how's the book and she's like well i'm not writing the same books i kind of did i want to write this new book about this other thing and he's like all right send me a copy when you go home and she's just like Only if you give me a forwarding address because you won't be living in this fucking castle. (laughs) And he's like, all right. And she's like, we got to go get a Christmas tree for the ballroom. So they go out to cut down a tree. Yeah, they go like horseback riding into the woods to find a tree. I was like, I love everything about this. Love it. Yeah. And he brings two trees to plant in that tree's place. So every time they take one down, they put two up. And this is where she talks about like, This is the first Christmas without Lexi. It's, you know, but she's got a wedding to go to. It's kind of tough. But, you know, it'll be okay because we're inviting the whole town. We're going to do a whole thing. It's going to be great. So they bring the tree in and enter the knitters to decorate for Christmas. And he leaves and it seems like everyone's like, oh, he's just going to be grumpy. But then he comes back with like old ornaments that they had in the castle, which is very sweet. Oh, also they carol. Which I thought was sort of weird, right? Like they didn't need that. Cut it. Yeah, absolutely cut that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because they're not very good. (laughs) Yeah. Whitney Houston's not in this movie. Right? Cut it. You can't have one of these movies without them singing a song. But you should. You absolutely can. Yeah. Anyway, we cut back to the inn where Maisie had been kind of talking to Thomas. Now she's back at the inn. And she checks in a couple for the Christmas romance package. And they are the Donatelli family. We will never come back to them in this movie, but I will answer your questions and fun facts. All right, moving on. Thank you so much cuz I was so bothered by that. I was like, is this her ex-husband? Like what yes! is the deal? Like I don't understand why that was set up and no one there's no payoff. Do you want me to just burn the fun fact now? This is part of the the like, yes. Marvel Cinematic Christmas Universe <laughs> yes. Netflix is set up. Yes. They're from The Princess Switch, which I have never seen. But I for sure, because I didn't know who they were, I was like, this has to be her ex-husband. They're going to get married at the castle on Christmas. Like, it's going right? to be a whole thing. That's exactly what I thought they were setting up. Yes. And so, because especially because there's like ominous music yeah. during this scene. So like, as I'm watching through the rest of this movie, my notes just periodically, I just have 
but who are the Donatellis? Like, who are they? <laughs> what is happening? It was wrecking my head. Uh, and then in fun facts, I found out that they were from the Princess Switch, and it doesn't mean anything to this story. Okay. Well, I'm so glad they included that. Are they villains? Are good people? I don't know, Mikey. I have no idea. Yeah, I've never seen Princess Switch either. I have no idea. They might be the villains. There's like four of them now. Oh, wow. Okay. So he admits to her that we come back to the castle. He admits to her that the room that she originally liked, nobody died in. And she's like, yeah, because the fifth duke died at Culloden. Like, I've been in this castle for two months now. I have heard the tour a bunch of times. <laughs> like, Well, and also, like, I'm, I'm sure she I'm sure she believed it the day that he said that. But like, sure. it may have been a week later that she figured it out and hasn't res- like hasn't said anything about it. Yeah, like it's fine. Yeah, um, but as they're talking, the power goes out and he's trying to fix it. So they get a bunch of candles, um, but he's kind of like blaming her for the Christmas lights. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So she goes to talk to her. It's her agent again. Yeah, this is when she, her agent finds out that she's sort of falling for the Duke. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, we could rebrand you. You could be a duchess. That'd be great. And we cut to he and Thomas where Thomas is like, you have feelings for her. And he's like, she's here to ruin me. And he's like, no, she's not. This is just the happiest you've been in years. No one cares. Like, what could be ruined, basically? Yeah. So we cut to, she goes to the pub the next day, and she found a dress in one of the bedrooms that she wants to wear for the Christmas thing. Yeah. Uh, And then bought them all stuff to wear. Now, I... I'm here for the clothes that she buys them because she gives them like a fancy jumpsuit Christmas and yeah. then gives Angus just an amazing sweater. <laughs> I was just like, I love everything. I love when he pulls that sweater out. He is wearing a sweater that looks almost exactly like that sweater. And he's like clutching yes. it like, yay, I got another sweater. Yes. <laughs> when we see him at the end, and he's got like the ornaments in his beard and he's just dancing i was like this guy is he's having some good times and i'm happy for him angus is probably my favorite human character yeah hamish is my favorite dog character absolutely but i also when they make her a sweater later i want that sweater i'd wear the shit out of the sweater they make her it did look super cozy it looks so cozy anyway she's halfway into this dress uh she's got like shapewear on the top dress on the bottom and hamish steals one of her shoes yeah so she has to chase him down the hallway and it ends up right in front of the duke's door and he opens it and he's like you shouldn't be wearing that and she's like oh no i'm so sorry like i didn't even think about that and he's like no 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 i'm not mad at you i'm mad at myself and she's like why and then they just end up kissing and she's like i'm mad at myself too and then they bone the fuck down because she he's like we shouldn't be doing this and in my brain i was like give me one good reason why you shouldn't be doing this because he hasn't taken a cialis in the past two hours that was my uh, okay, that's, that's, give it. me one reason to stay here oh and Tracy i'll turn Chapman. that wreath around because they immediately are just like Oh, yeah, terrible idea, except let's close the door and do that terrible idea. Let's and do they it. do that terrible idea, which is each other. Yeah, we don't get to see it. No, of course we don't get to see it. It's still sort of a Lifetime movie. But I do I like know. that they have, like, realistic morals and, like, have sex here. Yeah, well, and they've kissed a couple times now. Like, it's yeah. it's not out of the blue. Because I feel like, and this is the Falling for Christmas thing, there was no chemistry, no physicality, nothing, and then they kiss at the end, and that's supposed to be the big leading up to it. And I'm just like, they're grown-ups. They've been married before. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I know, right? So, anyway, Hamish keeps the shoe in his bed, which I think is very fun. We cut to, the next day, they wake up, and clearly they did the thing of, like, you walk into the room first, and then I will walk in later so that people don't know. <laughs> 
But anyway, Thomas has set up <laughs> breakfast for them. Yeah. And the whole village is going to like be there for the party that night. There's like a huge thing. Angus is helping set it up. It's like everything. And they basically finish breakfast and then proceed to get into a nonsense fight that is purely based on his hubris. They're like, we have to have conflict or this movie's over at appropriate time. It's 20 minutes till the end of the movie, so they have to break up again. Uh, and essentially, she says, like, I'm definitely going to stay through Christmas, obviously, because it's tomorrow. Uh, and she's like, but we haven't talked about what happens to you after that point, because at that point, it's my castle, you know, or whatever. And she's like, I want you to stay. Like, please yeah. stay. And he's like, as a guest in my own home. And I'm like, it's not your home anymore, bro. You sold. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what happens when you sell property. Yeah. But he gets the money, right? So he's rich? No, because the money pays for everyone else's mortgage. Right. So he gets the money and he saves the village, but he is essentially probably not rich anymore i mean i don't think he was ever rich honestly he just yeah, owned yeah, yeah. the castle because he was the duke but his because his dad and granddad squandered all their family money so right yeah i think that's essentially why he was like i gotta sell this place because i can't afford it but if i sell it i can also pay off the debt for the mortgages and save the town and that's what he ultimately wants to do right but yeah this is what i was talking about before when i was like yeah they have to like manufacture the conflict and it really is i mean he is upset that he is going to be living in the castle with Brooke Shields, which is exactly where this movie ends in 20 minutes. And he's yeah. thrilled about it. So right. like it is, it does sort of feel weird. I mean, really the conflict is just him getting over his ego, I guess. Yes. A hundred percent. And well, and, and she's like, well then fuck you then keep your damn castle. I'm leaving. Yes. Yeah. And which also means that he has fucked over the town. Like it's a whole thing. But so she leaves and she has to tell the knitting group, she's like, I have to go because, like, I made a mistake. And Angus gets his one line, which is just, loving someone is never a mistake. And you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was crying you're at right, that point. I was so oh God, sobbing. I was not. But it was, so it was a cute line. Yeah, it was great. They give her uh, the sweater of many colors, which I loved. Want one. Yeah, Joseph was very jealous of her Technicolor dream coat. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so she gets in the taxi. It breaks down. I'm pretty sure somebody pulled a fuel line or something on it. Like, it seems intentional because they get back to the pub and no one else will drive her. And yeah. for nonsense reasons, like. Yeah, I definitely think they sabotaged that taxi or the taxi driver did. Right. And yeah, Angus, she, she finally gets around everybody. And she's like, Angus. And he just like won't talk to her or look at her. And I was like, <gasps> collusion. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, well, fine, but I'm not going to the party. So she's staying at the inn. They all go to the party. He's reading her book and reading about Winston dying. Yeah. She's looking through her pictures of her time in Scotland. Uh, she calls Lexi, but she doesn't pick up. And she in the message just says, hey, uh, if you're at the wedding, don't catch the bouquet. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. So she tries to write the old book of like Winston wasn't dead. He was in a coma. Winston, uh, it wasn't Winston. It was his twin. When a snowball hits the window and she opens the window and the second snowball hits her in the face, which is yes, pretty funny. Directly in the face. And I love it. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. Damn I, it. I didn't mean <laughs> I, you weren't out the window when I threw it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So funny. I, I, that, I did laugh. I, I was like, oh, that seems like it's something I would do. <laughs> I know. I felt the same way, Mikey. I was like, fuck, I'm so clumsy. I'm an idiot. So she closes the window and he starts to like ride off because he thinks that he's blown it. And she comes yeah. out and he's basically like, I am sorry. I didn't expect you or this. I'm stuck in my ways. 
And it finally hit me that my life is not going the way that I thought it would, but I would rather lose that castle than lose you. And I won't stop you if you want to go home, but I might follow you. Yeah. Which is stalker, but also kind of romantic in this scene. <laughs> it's a thin line. Consent is the factor. Consent <laughs> is what makes it sexy, right? Because if it's no, there's no consent, it's very stalkerish. Well, and this, unlike other Hallmark movies, it hasn't been a week. It has been three months. And he's just like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And so we cut to the party where Thomas is like, I'm going to do something for myself. Maisie, let's dance. And you're just like, yes, thank you. All right. Maisie and Thomas are going to get together. Then the Duke and I would say future Duchess uh, show up. Oh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they're dancing. And then in my notes, it just says, who are the Donatellis? <laughs> because I'm like, there's <laughs> only so many minutes left. Anyway, he surprises her by flying Lexi out, which I think he had to have done a couple days ago that she didn't know about. I mean, it is a long flight. So like, I assume so as well. Yeah. Um, but she's like, I'll go to dad's next wedding, which is like, shade but i love it i thought it was great too and i do love that he was like you know what brooke shields will love as a peace offering if i convince her daughter to not go to her own father's wedding and to come here instead right and it works it works <laughs> uh the pastry chef uh or rona comes in and she's like i made pastries and they're just cupcakes <laughs> which i thought was really funny they look delicious though i'd have put those in my mouth I love a cupcake. I'll Hell eat yeah. the shit out of cupcakes. Um, this is where Angus has his ornament beards and he's dancing. It's great. We cut to the future. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We cut to the next day. Yes. She starts her book, The Heart of the Warrior, and he gets her a Christmas locket and they kiss. And at this point, again, I'm just like, who are the Donatellis? <laughs> like, who are they? What's their plan? What's their mission? You're like, I need a Donatelli search party to find out. We got to get to the bottom of this story. <laughs> yes. But we never see them again, right? Like, I didn't see anything no, with them. No, they okay. never, no one addresses them. Okay. They never show up. Nothing. In fact, when she gets back to the inn, I thought they were going to say like, hey, we just gave the last room, room away, away to this couple. To the Donatellis. But, no, <laughs> but apparently, No. Anyway, so we cut to the future. She's back on the Drew Barrymore show. And Drew, and it's such a weird, because it's kind of after the credits. It's in the credits. It's in credits, and it's done almost like bloopers, but it's not a clear through. It's weird where she's just like, so you moved to Scotland, or is it Ireland? Scotland? Okay, so you're a duchess? And she's like, am I a duchess? I'm about to be a duchess. I'm like, ah, yes. It feels like Drew Barrymore did not have, it just feels like they're improving, honestly. Yes, and that they didn't give Drew Barrymore notes. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so it's just Drew Barrymore asking questions and Brooke Shields is like, yeah, I think that is right. I don't know. Is that correct? She's like, I didn't read the script. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they killed Winston. And after that, I wasn't going to read anything. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about A Castle for Christmas? I liked it. I like it too. I'll probably watch this in future Christmases from now. It probably sure. won't be on my every year rotation, but like if we're decorating or wrapping presents or whatever, this is definitely what I'll throw on and do other things around but there's, it. There'll always be new ones to throw on on this level. That of is caliber. true. That is true. Although I would say this is a spectacularly good version of that kind of movie. Yeah, this is what I want out of those movies, yes. to be honest with you. And, and it's not the moon, you know, it's not an Oscar winner, but like no. this, just competent storytelling. I prefer something 
A Todd more a, a, Todd, a Todd more, more bonkers? bonkers? Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> wow. I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment, but I, I love it. I think it's it. both, but like I'm staying with it. I, I'll take things a Todd more bonkers. Like, what if someone got murdered at the castle and they had to love solve it. it at the same time? That's, that's what just I mean. knives out, and I'm here for it. Yeah. We were so close. We needed a bonkers B plot, and that's what we needed. Hell yeah. I think that's just Christmas Murderville, which I can't wait to watch. Yes. Yeah, now you got me. So, okay, but Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Very few. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Castle Guilty. fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, so, it's a fictional castle created for the movie, but there was a Dunbar castle located in Scotland. It's just no longer in use. It's, it's in disrepair. Okay. Uh, most of the movie was filmed at a Tudor Gothic revival mansion in South Queens Ferry on the outskirts of Edinburgh called Dalmeny House. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, as for the <laughs> as for the Donatellis, uh, they are reprising their roles of Frank DeLuca and Mrs. Donatelli from the Princess Switch and its sequels. Okay. And that's all the information I have on them. And that's literally pretty much all the fun facts I have. I would do box office here, but because this was a straight to Netflix release, I don't have any of that information because they don't public publicize budgets. They don't publicize, you know, how much yeah. they made, any of that stuff, because it went straight to streaming. So I don't have any box office. So, Mikey, do you want to just hit us with that romance scale? Yeah, romance scale is how romantic we found the film today. It's a scale one to ten. It is. Page. Three. I'm going to give it a two. I did find okay. it a little romantic, but not super romantic. I'm going to give it a one. I don't. I was not in a good headspace. That's on me. <laughs> and I, I came at it with a bias that is from life, and I apologize. It's all right. It's all right, Mikey. I wish I would have watched it decorating for Christmas, and I think I would have had a different time with it. I definitely mm. think you should watch this again when you've had a better week. Yeah. Well, there's setting up for Christmas, which I like really get excited about and then there's like those two weeks where you're like surviving the christmas yeah i'm in that week then you go on vacation and i'm back in the christmas saddle oh yeah from the point i set up for christmas to my last day of work for the year those are the worst days of my life yeah because i don't want to be working at all during christmas here's something that happened that work that is christmas related and also hilarious but also like stressful tell me so like the director she listens to this podcast she was like I think I found surplus Christmas decorations to get for the, the, the office. And I love like, it. What do you think about like 17 wreaths and like a couple more trees? And I was like, do it. <laughs> of course. And they got delivered today. And I and then like there's just a room full of Christmas decorations. And I have ideas about it. But like I have to go in Monday to finish those decorations now. I'm excited about it. Your job is like either wildly stressful or so much fun, it sounds like. <laughs> What are you doing Monday? Setting up Christmas decorations at my office. What are you doing Tuesday? Probably negotiating some sort of hostage situation late at night where guns are definitely present. It's called balance. <laughs> all right. You're absolutely right. So this week I made you guys watch a castle for Christmas. What page will you be making us dip our toes into next week? Okay. I'm going to give you guys a choice. Okay. We can either do Princess Switch or we can do one about a Christmas ghost. <laughs> Shit. We, okay. We don't know that the Princess Switch is not about a ghost. That is it true. Could there could trick. be a You're right. There. Oh, man. I can see Paige doing that. What's the ghost one? I honestly, I really want to get down to the bottom of this couple that just showed up randomly in this movie. We're going to do a deep dive into 
Christmas switch. The Donatellas or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. I need to know more about the Donatellis. Okay. I I have questions. Okay. So we're doing Princess Switch next week. Awesome. Go for it. So your homework for next week is to form a search party and go look for the Donatellis while carrying box wine. Because when you find them, they will want some. Uh, And then also make them watch the Princess Switch with you. Yes. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? ID954. All right. Well, what does ID954 have to say? This show is amazing. Star eyes emoji. emoji. Oh, why, thank you so much. Star eyes emoji. That's a hard word. Oh, Jesus. That's also a hard word. Okay. I love the (laughs) evervescent. Nailed it. Quality of how the three hosts interact and tear apart each romantic movie that they do on the show. Why, thank you. I think you. it's effervescent. It is effervescent. Is that not what he said? I said effervescent. Ev- he's, you said effervescent. It's not like there'll be a record that could prove either way. It sounded correct. <laughs> I see. You said I it said with the right level of confidence, so I, yeah. I went along. Yeah. It's 80% confidence. Absolutely. That word is nonsense. Effervescence? Yeah. It sounds like something you would say while trying to sell a perfume. Effervescence. <laughs> A new fragrance <laughs> from Mikey. <laughs> Evervescence. This person reads a lot. I can tell. I send utmost <laughs> thanks to all three of you for the hours of joy that I've had listening to the show and look forward to any future episodes that you will do. This review feels very formal to me. <laughs> it is formal. Good I for send you. utmost thanks. It's like a correspondence between two warring nations, like trying yes. to like get on better terms. Uh, please do Somewhere in Time and more of the Twilight movies. Well, we are actually working towards more Twilight movies. We, uh, I'd love to hear you all tear apart both parts of Breaking Dawn eventually. Oh, Breaking... We have to get to Breaking Dawn. But I'm actually really excited because the next one, the next Twilight coming up is New Moon, uh, which I saw in theaters with my sister. And there was a point at which we were laughing hysterically and ruining it for everyone else in the theater because it was so (laughs) bad. Um, And I cannot wait for you guys to watch. Like, no cap, all the Twilight movies are hilariously bad. And I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. That's five stars. Thank you for your review. Well, ID954, thank you so much for the awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. Now, Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. Castle completion. 
I want to spread my legs and dip down in my kilt and dip my balls on your chest. Good night. <laughs> wow, Mikey. <laughs> so you have seen Outlander season four. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Teabagging nerds.